So today was a very interesting day. Of course, I've been going back to work, you know, trying to make a regular paycheck, which isn't even, it's never, ever enough. That's just how I look at it. Ah, so I'm not in the field or I'm not really, you know, doing what God's purpose is for me. But again, it's a job. So today I'm waiting for a call to give me a new surgery date because somebody feels like, hey, you know, we're going to give her a new surgery date because hematology has to step in and they've got to do that hematology test because although she put that on her questionnaire, you know, that redundant questionnaire you fill out at hospitals where you have to keep filling them out. And I don't think any of the information has ever entered into the system correctly or either the system is just not a good system where everything is in order well anyway so I get a call well I didn't get the call so I waited for the call but I realized hey it's getting ready to go on lunchtime I mean you guys got me hanging on like it's nothing and I get it you know you're an assistant you have a job just like me or maybe it's a career and your surgeon or your the doctor or whomever you work for in whatever building, because Jefferson has like 18 million buildings and they can't get into one building like some hospitals do. Let's go there. Einstein Montgomery. Mm-hmm. They're in one building. Yes, they have the woman's health, but guess what? It's not far from there and everything that needs to be done. Emergency room, doctor visits, Einstein Montgomery. And of course, then there's, you know, University of Penn. They do have different buildings, but each one is for a specific thing. And I don't know. I mean, nobody has space anymore to just build one big building and just say, go down the hall. I mean, why do people have to go to these hospitals where you have to go from one building to the next for different appointments. That's stressful enough. I mean, who has the wherewithal to have to do all of that? Not to mention someone like myself with invasive ductal carcinoma. Let that sink in again. Invasive ductal carcinoma. I was diagnosed in November, the end of November of 2019. It is now February the 27th, 2020. You know, when I finally when I finally came up with the idea that I wanted to have surgery, this was around January. Actually, I want to say it was December when I made the decision. Because I had done so much research and I started looking at other people's stories and testimonies and things like that. And I just said, you know what? Chemo affects the human. It takes you to ground zero. It does not heal you. It will not cure you. 
it's supposed to attack the cancer. And then they say nine times out of ten. What the fuck does that mean? That nine times out of ten it will shrink the tumor. And then they want you to go back and have surgery. So while it's smaller they can grab it. That way you have spared your breast. Whatever. Because reoccurrence is another whole story. But I'll get to that. So dealing with this new surgeon I'll tell you this I had a dream I had a dream maybe about four four days ago where my surgeon was wearing a wig you know lucky for me not luck because I don't really believe in that word because of the gift that God has given me or blessed me with, when I have a dream, <laughs> most times there's a message in that dream. And I believe that anyone who has these weird dreams, there's messages behind those dreams. So I saw my surgeon in this dream wearing a woman's wig. Now he was still talking to me, but I noticed in the dream he was wearing a wig. And what that said to me is that Anyone wearing a wig and, and, and don't, I am not trying to discount the people who do wear wigs because maybe alopecia or just to, um, to have protective hairstyles. Okay. I understand that. I get that. Or you simply want to have hair because maybe you don't have hair under a wig. Okay. Whole different thing. But let's just go there. This was a man. In my dream, my surgeon, a black man, Thomas Jefferson, a black surgeon that handles breast cancer. In the dream, wearing a wig. Well, what I thought in my, you know, my thinking was that, you know what? This man was wearing a wig in my dream. He, something isn't quite right hmm is he hiding right is there a lie is this man not honest and although I believe in the Lord and yes I do and I believe that had I used this surgeon to perform the surgery that I want, I would have said that the Lord would protect me regardless, that he would be in that hospital, that he would direct my surgeon's hands, that if there were any malice or any ill intention, that the Lord would be there regardless. But when I thought more about it, I was like, wow, a wig, this man. You know, you know, another part of me was like, okay, is he, is he homosexual? I mean, but you never know these days because I don't care. A man with wearing a white coat, a shirt and a tie and some dress slacks and some really nice leather shoes doesn't really make him a man. You don't know what his preferences are, you know, pre-tell. I mean, and people are like, oh, but he's married and has children. 
that means absolutely nothing in 2020. And it's unfortunate that that's the way it is, but that is just the way it is. Because there are people out here that will get married, have a whole family, and have a whole nother same-sex relationship on the side chat. On the side chat. But anyway, so I had the dream. This man was in a wig, and I just I told another friend of mine, young lady, she's really sweet. I told her, and she was like, whoa. He was wearing a wig. She was like, mm, that, that dream was meant for you to understand that this was not good. And that he may not have been the best surgeon for you. Well, anyway, I'm just praying because I managed to take my focus after I had made the call today and found out the date and was totally upset, cursed out the surgeon's assistant. That whole bedside manner or that thing, that annoying thing, and I will I will do it. I will show you. This is the part that and, and, and I know there's plenty of people who hear it and they just go, come on with the fake bullshit. And if you got to pretend like that, honey, ain't nobody got time. But so she's on the phone. She's like, yes. So your your schedule is for April the 15th. I said, that's fucking unacceptable. If I have invasive ductal carcinoma, which that was what I was diagnosed with, then we have a problem because this is February the 27th, 2020. And invasive ductal carcinoma means this little demon doesn't just sit the fuck there and just chill out until we get treatment or surgery. This little motherfucker sitting in my left breast is growing. That's what invasive ductal carcinoma means. And then I said to her, and if it is that I don't have invasive ductal carcinoma, then we also still have a problem because that's what you diagnosed me with. Boom. And just because it grows doesn't mean it is. Because it could be a cyst, it could be anything. But I was diagnosed by two different hospitals, Einstein, and then my second opinion, whom I stuck with, was Jefferson. And why did I do that? There were so many different red flags during the course of me having to go through my tests and the journey thereof and how un... It just didn't feel right. And But I did it because, again, my mom was like, oh... You're going to need people, you know, and everybody's here in the city. We're all in Philadelphia and, you know, you're going to need help. And then, you know, you got people in your ear saying, you're going to need people who are close and, you know, be able to get to you and be able to help you out. Blah, 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 blah. So I stuck with Jefferson. Oh, Jefferson's a great hospital. Well, I'll, I'll beg to differ today. I'll beg to differ today. Jefferson is not a great hospital. 
Because if you're telling me April the 15th is your next available for this particular surgeon in which they could have found another surgeon and presented the idea had the other surgeon been available sooner than April the 15th. But no, they stuck it out with that date. They didn't give me any other options until I made a big stink. And then she said, oh, well, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't appreciate you yelling at me and things like that. Well, I don't appreciate being told that my surgery date is April the 15th. You sounding like you were fat one with that whole fake ass voice and probably way younger than I am. And I look younger than you because again, black don't crack. Cause I already know that was not a black woman on the phone. Oh no, it wasn't. Even if it was a black woman pretending to have that voice, you can always tell that that it's a black woman. Honestly, I don't care if she's a whole fake and a fraud sounding like a white woman. You can always still tell, oh, that's a fucking black woman being, mm-hmm. She done tiptoed over to the other side trying to sound and be like them. So anyway, but it was a white woman and she was just like so trife. With the whole, oh, well, I mean, I can always call your surgeon and we can have a conversation and see if he could. But I, from the, the way it looks right now, he doesn't have anything available until April the 15th. Now, if this was a regular surgery, like, okay, I need you to, res, re, re, you know, remove a cyst, remove this mark or mole on my back something like that but no bitches this is invasive ductal carcinoma so this little fat white hoe is on the phone telling me well I can always call and see if Dr. Lazar now that's my first surgeon that I would have had but I didn't feel right about her and I told her I said why here Lazar hmm the woman I changed my mind from and went with another surgeon, and wait, I did what most black people do, oh my god, a man, he's black, cool, no, this motherfucker, I just had a dream about a black surgeon at Jefferson, who was wearing a wig in my dream, let that sink the fuck in, because when I have dreams, they are real, my stuff is messages, I don't just discount them or throw them away and go, oh, it was a weird dream, ha, 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 and move on about my day. I look at everything as there's always a sign. God shows you. But if you're not one of those people who is cognizant of what's going on around you, watching, listening, hearing, sometimes staying silent to hear how other people respond or what their reactions are or the body languages of people. I do all of that and I assess everything. Maybe I'm wrong here and there, but I guarantee you my gut ain't been wrong since. So I'm sitting there like, no, the fuck we are not going with April the 15th. There is no fucking way. I said in this shit right here, this whole bedside manner, come on. I said, you ain't got cancer. I've got it. And it's growing. And you're telling me that's the only date you have. But instead, you tell me that maybe there's other options after I lose my fucking mind 
in the locking room, locker room, excuse me, at work about how you only have April the 15th at Jefferson Hospital in Philadelphia with Dr. Willis, my quote unquote black surgeon, about five foot six, I would say. Mm, I think he might give him five seven, but anyway, says his birthday's March the third. How about that? But anyway, neither here nor there. Because trust me, I did ask him his birthday. Because let me tell you something. I know personalities. I am fifty two. I know personalities. I've been in the United States Navy. I've been to several different countries. I've been amongst at least. 1,200 people on board a ship out in the middle of the ocean for several months at a time and served two wars. I am a Navy veteran. And on top of that, here's the other kicker, something that nobody really understands or knows. I don't have the breast cancer gene. Yeah, there's history. Theirs was caught early and it was only one individual on my mother's side. So therefore, if this was environmental, could this have happened from the United States Navy, the USS Acadia AD-43, which has, was, has become a sunken reef at the bottom of somebody's ocean. And then there's the USS Cape Cod, which is somebody's reef at the bottom of somebody else's ocean. I served on board from 1988 to 1992. Okay. So with that being said, you know, there will be some more research done. I will look into it even, you know, more. However, the time, do I have a lot of it? No, not when I'm trying to get this little demon out of my body while I do all the holistic natural things that I possibly can and to try to stay positive. And I told them, I said, you guys want me to fucking do chemo. Oh, no, by no means are, is anyone trying to make you do anything. I said, and you can say that all you want. But you guys are not trying to do that blatantly. You're doing it under fucking handedly. By having me wait this long for a surgery that should have been done within a fucking month of being diagnosed even after the second opinion which would have been you all at Jefferson my first opinion was with Dr. Nyack Einstein woman's health whatever that's who diagnosed me first he did the mammogram and I had a biopsy now, I get changed to go to Jefferson because blah, 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 family, it's closer, treatment, da, 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 da. I'm thinking I'm getting ready to go through hell with chemo. I thought that's what I was going to do as soon as I was diagnosed because I'm sure that's what everybody immediately does. Oh, chemo. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck no. When I did my research and found out that I did not or I was not going to do the chemo, I noticed that the whole atmosphere fucking changed from my oncologist down to the second fucking surgeon, which is this five foot seven, maybe 
five foot six surgeon at Jefferson, whom I had a dream about, was wearing a wig. Lies and fairy tales. How about that? Yeah, I'm scrunching my eyes right now. And I'm thinking somebody's not being honest. The ill will, the ill intention. Because he came at me when he found out that I had also declined the chemo. I mean, when he heard that, I think that was what his first conversation with me and I understand maybe it was proper protocol and he was supposed to ask why I felt this way but I wasn't about to tell him that hey I've done a lot of research I did what I needed to do I found out what I need to find and that and but I did let him know I'm declining the poison boom does anybody understand what that means that means I declined the poison you're not going to inject me with poison and then I walk around if I live but for so many years and say I survived cancer. When the fucking truth of the matter is there is no such thing as surviving cancer when you accept chemotherapy, which is a drug and a poison that you are surviving. Bald head and all. And I don't give a damn about the hair not being there. It's the whole, you're going to take my, my immune system down to ground zero just to attack some shit sitting in my left fucking breast. Lies and fairy tales. Big pharmaceutical companies want to make a lot of money. And the only way for them to make the money is to fucking push chemo. And everybody pushes chemo on you. You know, let me just say this. The beginning of time, we didn't have all of the, the resources and things, you know, that we have today. But let's go even further into time when there wasn't medicine, but we were alive and kicking. What did we do? How did we handle things? How did we survive? From there the ground. Everything that came from the ground, our natural resources healed us. But we're so caught up in this whole world and how we've created this and created that. And, you know, the people who created these things, a lot of these people are just plain evil. Your foods, our foods are fucked up. Our foods are fucked up. So when someone says to me, oh, don't you know that you have to, you know, at least give, pay homage to the fact that there are people who survived cancer or that are warriors and they have gone through the treatments. Well, you know, to each his own. But let me just tell you, I just wasn't going to bitch up and say, yeah, I'll take the chemo. Yeah, that's how I feel. And I'm allowed to feel the way I feel. And this is my body. I'm making my decision for me. But you know, it's unfortunate that the way the world is set up is, should you survive doing it your way, you know, there could be repercussions. You understand where I'm going with this? I mean, just like if someone was to, you know, a judge was to disagree with having to 
pad some young black man's case, even though it might have been a very light case. And they pad it and then they add years onto his sentence, you know, and then there's a judge that disagrees and that judge happens to be black. And they say, no, I'm not doing that. Right. Somehow that judge is found dead somewhere. Mm -hmm. Quote unquote, oh, they committed suicide or they were found dead in their, in their apartment or their condo or their home. Here we go. That's just it. So here I am and everybody's like, you know, and it's not everybody, but I'll tell you this one individual today. Ho ho bless his heart. He said, Hey, you know, you don't have full proof that they're trying to get you to do chemo is the reason why they're stretching this out. Of course, I don't have full proof. Everything, there's a loophole in everything and everybody's, you know, trying to close up all their loopholes and make sure that it doesn't look that way or it doesn't look that way. But guess what? Because of my gift, because I have a great intuition, oh, I know that this is an underhanded this is a scheme because if you're not going to pad my pockets and you're declining the chemo, okay, yeah, we're going to put you in a database with the people who did decline and we're just going to put you on a waiting list so that, you know, either you die or either your cancer spreads so much so because we let time pass that you're going to end up having to need the chemo and coming to us begging on your knees, please heal me. And guess what? You'll treat me probably at that very second. You would. But because I declined it April the 15th and I was diagnosed in November from Einstein Montgomery Women's Health. December changed over to a whole new doctor. Jefferson. And guess what? had a date for February the 19th, but because I put in there blood clotting disorder, which I thought it meant because I used to have a menstrual cycle where I clotted a lot. So I thought that's what that meant. So guess what they told me? And I couldn't believe it. Oh, we go with whatever the patient puts on the questionnaire. And if that is the case, then we're going to go test you. Come to find out when they asked me what I meant by blood clotting disorder or what I thought it meant. I told him it was about my menstrual cycle. They said, no. My surgeon says, yeah, he says, no, that was wrong. That's a mistake. But because that's on that, in the system like that, hematology has to test you. Okay, I'm thinking hematology is going to test me. But then their next available wasn't until March the 3rd, two weeks ago. You understand? So two weeks ago when I found out it was March the 3rd, trust me, I was going through the motions again. Like, how in the hell is this fucking possible? So it's a mistake, but they're not going to let the mistake go and go ahead and let me get the surgery done. Looking at all of my blood work and noticing that it was very normal, more normal than it was when I had the blood work done in December. And you still want to test, oh, so y'all the dragon is, oh, my hands are tied, is what my little surgeon said. He said, my hands are tied. That's what he said. <sighs> Hematology rules, but you're the surgeon? You can't talk to my oncologist? 
Oh, okay. And Dr. Felon's probably like, oh, she declined the chemo. There's just, we're just, hey, this is not of importance. There are, we have more important situations going on. Those are the people who are putting money in our pockets. The ones who've accepted the fucking chemotherapy and the radiation. Oh, and that maintenance spell? Who the fuck? Well, anyway, lies and fairy tales, you know, and people will say, hey, I am alive because of my, I thank them, blah, blah, blah. Well, God bless you. But I didn't want it in my system because my immune system would never be back to what I would need it to be even down the road. What do you mean bone thinning, neuropathy, uh, possible kidney failure, possible heart injury? Oh, <laughs> no thank you. No thank you. Because at 52, I was never really a lazy person. Even on my job, I'm very physical. I was moving faster than a speeding bullet. I had lots of energy. My hemoglobin always was an issue, but because I don't have a menstrual cycle, that means that it's contained, right? I'm not losing the blood. So therefore, my, my hemoglobin and my iron went up further than what it ever was. Although it's still like 1.0 less than the normal range. Just one, okay? At one point, it was like seven point something less than the normal. How about that? And that's really bad. So here's the thing. So they're looking at my blood work. He's like, yeah, and your blood work was just normal. So I don't know what to say. And my hands are tied. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, maybe you should talk to your, your, your family physician or, you know, maybe see if they can get you a referral somewhere for uh, a hematology test sooner and, Nobody had a test available sooner. You mean to tell me ain't nobody called somebody else up? You know, called all the other hospitals or do they have this secret database where they put the people who declined it and the people whom they're taking through the running, they're running them all around the world before they even get to them, you know, taking them through holy hell to get shit done. Because this woman at this other hospital, Paoli, told me, Oh, um, the hematologist's next available appointment is March the 3rd. This has got to be coincidental. But I didn't say that to her. I just sit there and I said, you know what? Thank you very much, but no thank you. So I called my hospital. I humbled myself. I called my hospital back, Jefferson. And I said, okay, Jefferson, um... I is, am I still scheduled for March the 3rd? She's like, yes. I was like, okay, well... It's only a couple weeks. I'm going to, I'm going to fight like holy hell to keep everything in the norm like I need to. And of course, I'm always praying that the Lord will walk with me with on this because ultimately it's his will regardless, not my will, his will. So I was just like, okay, Lord, be with me throughout this whole process because that means I need to get my blood work to stay in the normal range like it was before. Because I was very excited about the fact that my blood work had came back and it was normal. I was like, wow, thank you, Lord. I did it. You know what I mean? Like, you did it. I did it. Like, I literally did all the things that I had studied and learned and found out that I needed to do to stay in a normal range. So, here it is. 
Now we're back to square one. So I called Penn Medicine at like three something this afternoon, February the 27th. And I talked to a young lady named Laura, who she was, she was like the callback. She called me back because I had to fill it out online about needing an appointment with the breast surgeon. And she called me back immediately. So that was pretty cool. And I was like, wow, you know, I was thankful for that. And I told her my whole entire situation and she agreed that April the 15th is too long with what I am dealing with. So I am set up to see, um, the breast surgeon, a female for Penn Medicine here in Valley Forge, but she does the surgery in Philadelphia as well, which is cool because I live in Philadelphia, but I'm always out in King of Prussia. And then when I'm at work, I work in King of Prussia. So what do I do? I Valley Forge is King of Prussia. I mean, it's one and the same. Okay. So I can, you know, work for so, so many hours and then leave there and go straight to that appointment to consult with the breast surgeon, who I'm sure is going to want to look at this thing and say, oh, wow, okay, I need all your records. Sign these papers so that we can re- we can get those papers released from Jefferson so we can get you scheduled to do whatever blood tests we, else, we, we also need and whatever other tests and get you a surgery date immediately. Because if they know once they see this, because just looking at it, would make anybody's face scrunch like, oh my God, it has grown. And we pray that it has not metastasized. And even in that, I still believe in hope and faith. And I believe that God is still, you know, in the business of fixing and healing because that's who God is, period. So I am leaning on that. I am not leaning on anything else but that. Yes, I was very upset today. I had every right to be upset. That's what a normal person would do is be upset. The first thing you do is be upset when you first hear that you have cancer. But if you're not a walking, talking, strong person and you're just one to fold, because this is not for the faint of heart, even though I've seen some weak people just be like, you know, they done pulled themselves up by the bootstraps and said, oh, hell no, this is the way it's going to be done. It's going, it's going to go down my way and not your way. I've seen people become stronger and make their decision on how they want to handle this. And then there's people who feel like they're being strong by accepting the chemo and to each his own. Okay, that's not me. I'm not her. I'm not she. (laughs) But to each his own. And God bless them. And prayerfully, they're still here and they still have happy, healthy lives and being in remission. But for me, as for me and my house... (laughs) I am not accepting that poison. I refuse it. Big pharmaceutical companies can kiss my black ass. And dealing with people who, you know, I mean, you're going to have people along the way. While I'm on this journey, I've met some people who really have ill intentions, even in connecting with me or talking to me or having conversations with me it's always going to be like that regardless and you know at first I I when I encountered it 
And I won't say what the situation is because I know it's there because I've encountered it. I literally would, I was talking to the Lord and I was like, Lord, why, why would, why would somebody send this to me while I'm in this position? Like I have cancer and why, but then I thought, well, why not? Why won't they still come at me? Because I am the one who is being strong and I have a strong will to survive. And I know that there's a purpose out there for me. And that God is allowing me to go through these things because it is nothing it is doing nothing but building character with me. I feel sorry for sometimes I think about people who have not had the experiences that I have had. And maybe they live a different lifestyle and their lifestyles, um, you know, allow for them to live a, a fancy lifestyle or um, they have great homes or they have great you know, material things, and they have huge bank accounts and great credit scores. But listen to this. In all of my thinking and in all of my wisdom now, I will say that I am thankful for the experiences that I have been granted because there's people out here who have not been granted those experiences, have not encountered that. And and God only gives certain things to certain people. I get that. Because he knows who's strong. And you find out you are strong when the Lord allows these things to happen. And you actually are able to still fight through like I am. People look at me every day and go, I can't tell you have cancer. I mean, you look good. Like, you literally, you don't look down. You're always smiling. You're happy. You're still bouncing around. But yet this thing is growing on my left freaking breast. And I told my surgeon the second five foot seven guy maybe five six i told him that hey just take the left breast and throw it the fuck away you know and he's like well i mean you know we can do that you know i just don't understand why you don't understand that chemo is going to help you no chemo ain't gonna help who the f- you reading from a script because that's what y'all all do it's gonna help me What's it going to do? It's going to help. Maybe it might nine times out of ten, as I was told from my oncologist. And what if I'm, what if I'm, what if I'm the tenth? And it doesn't shrink it. Because there are situations where chemotherapy doesn't shrink it. And they go, they go up in dosage. Oh my God, I'm fucked. I would be screwed. So... I'm thinking, so here I am, and he was like, you know, it's going to help you. You know, when he was talking to me, let me just be honest with you. He wasn't even looking me in my eye when he was talking about that. He had hand movement. He was leaned up against the wall with one foot placed on the one heel of this foot placed on the wall while he was talking, looking at the ground, using his hands. Because he wanted to get his point across about how chemo was going to help me in my situation. And the fact that my um, invasive ductal carcinoma, this thing has grown. That bothered the hell out of me. I saw that. I did. I paid attention to that. As I said earlier, that I pay attention to body language and how people react. And how people, when, even when people get silent, when people speak, how they use their body language. How, you know, if somebody's got an attitude, oh, I see it on through a lot of people and how they react to things and people think you don't know. And that's the, that's the, 
the blessing in it is that people really believe that you don't know what you know. And so they go about their business thinking you don't know. And so that's a good thing because now I'm just sitting there like, uh-huh, I know. And just because I do a lot of talking doesn't mean that I share everything that I do know. How about that? So I only want you to know what I want you to know. But trust me, I know what I know. And you don't know that I know it. And I'm glad because then if you did know, you'd probably be running away. I need you to stay around so I can keep watching your silly ass antics and your reactions. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying, my surgeon was sitting there going, you know, this is going to help you. You are, this could, you know, do you know that there's a seriousness here? You could die, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I know what it is. I've done my research. I don't want the poison. No, thank you. Take the left breast and throw it Okay, well, this is your decision. That's fine. You know, we'll draw up the paperwork and um, you're going to have to have a pre-screening schedule. And that's when I did get pre-screened by some lady. Um, oh, man, that was a whole nother thing, too. Oh, well, anyway, she tried. I think she, she was like, oh, how are you? You know, something about when she weighed me or something and. She was like, oh, and you're this age and this and that. You work out? And I was like, no, my job's a workout. I said, you know, but 75, 80% of what you do is about how you eat. It's not the workout. She was like, oh, no. I don't know what she was talking about, child. She might have been my age, but I could have swore she was about 64. But that's all right. Hey, teach us on. Hey, how we live, how we eat. Everything matters, but a lot of people don't think that they matter. So that's why they eat whatever matters to them at the moment, not knowing that this is going to hurt them in the long run. So you have to change your whole lifestyle when you end up with cancer. It's real. It's true. You do. And I had to. And and it's not that mine was major for me because I already wasn't eating red meat since 1991. I already wasn't eating chicken and turkey since 2000. It is now 2020. Yeah, the smell sometimes is horrendous for me. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, I just wanted to put that out there because it was on my chest. And I said, I've got to put this out there. i got to let it be known that this is something that I've declined. I am not accepting the chemo fucking therapy. Hell no. And... If I can help it, I'm going to stay on this little health kick like I'm supposed to for the rest of my life. My whole lifestyle has to, had to change. You know, I had to go plant-based. I had to do nothing with sugar. Like, and if it was sugar, it was so minimal that you couldn't even taste it or that it just said zero grams. Literally. Um, and I do a lot of fruits and vegetables. I mean, that's, it's been my lifestyle right now. Um, this whole baking soda and water, it works. It's two teaspoons of baking soda and water. Um, I've been doing my B12, my vitamin C. Um, I've been taking berberine, which is for your glucose. If you have sugar levels that 
never are steady. It really would help somebody with, uh, with, uh, insulin issues. Um, I've been doing B12, vitamin C. I've been doing fish oil. Um, yeah, I've been doing the, that's my cocktail. It's my cocktail and the turmeric. I've been doing that for anti-inflammatory issues and, you know, sometimes this thing is just inflamed and I have to be aggressive with the turmeric and I have been. So just as much as I drink a lot of water and do a lot of different teas like green tea, ginger, hibiscus, um, oh, mint tea, nothing has sugar, nothing has honey. You just got to get used to it, but it works and it helps. So... The only thing I can say for people who may be struggling with the idea that they have cancer is you have to make a decision. If you're going to accept the poison, then accept the poison and believe that God is still on your side. Or don't accept the poison and still believe that God is on your side, regardless. And walk in it and be strong and change your diet. You cannot, you can't even linger and do the things that you used to do. You can't. You just can't. You know, somebody that had lung cancer and they used to smoke. How about they, I've known, I've heard some stories. People have gone back and had a cigarette. I said, I'll be damned. I like me too much, chill. Mm-mm. I'm a little vain there. Maybe these people don't care. Maybe they think, oh, I'm in remission. I'm cool. Okay. Mm. Reoccurrence is a motherfucker. And when it comes back, they say it comes back with a vengeance. And I don't want that. Not for my life. I have one adult son. Do you think I want that for my life? Hell no. I don't want him to see his mother that way. I want him to grow up and be, not grow up, but well, mature more. And become a very wise individual and make very wise decisions. And be surrounded by wise people and very mature people. Who make wise decisions also. You know they say birds of a feather flock together. I don't want them to be around people who make unwise decisions. Ooh, You know. I mean experience is the best teacher. But in this day and age. You can't afford to be experiencing some things. The way this world is set up. We got Trump as president. And he needs to be out by the end of this year. 2020. And we're prayed up about that. So. Yeah, I want my son to chase his dreams because he doesn't have children. He's a young man. He needs to stay positive and enjoy life and look at the glass as half full and not half empty. Stay positive. Be positive. Be motivated. Be encouraged. Be smart. And don't accept every woman that says, Oh my God, you're so cute. Ugh, blah. Yeah, what are you up to, ho? It's like, no, I'm playing. But no, I'm serious. So, yeah, that those are important things. So, <clears throat> I want that for my son. I want him to live his best life. And I want him to be able to see me live my best with strength, perseverance, and dignity. And having faith. That God is still in control regardless of the way it looks or the way it feels. 
signing off.